0: Welcome Notorious Bakersfield listeners. Before jumping into this episode, I wanted to give you a heads up. I was the guest or a guest on the R2 Cents podcast. It will drop Thursday, so go check it out. I had a great time talking about Notorious Bakersfield with the folks at R2 Cents, so remember to check it out on Thursday. Now, let's jump into this week's story. Alicia Manning and Thea Buckholtz were friends, roommates, and fellow Cal State Bakersfield seniors. The apartment they shared was in the Woodside Apartment Complex on the northeast corner of Ming Avenue and New Stein, just south of Patriots Park on New Stein. The apartment complex has since been renamed. It's now called the Parkside Apartments. Alicia and Thea's apartment was upstairs and shared a landing with the next-door neighbor. It was a small apartment, only about five or 600 square feet, with only one bedroom that the young students shared. Alicia had a futon, and Thea slept on a twin bed. The roommate's class schedules conflicted, so it wasn't unusual or uncommon if they didn't see each other all day until they both went to bed at night. Both students were looking forward to graduating from CSUB in June of 1997. As graduation approached, the roommates began discussing what to do with certain household items and furniture when the two had to vacate their small apartment. About 1.30 a.m. May 21st, 1997, three weeks before graduation, Thea arrived at the Woodside apartment. She bounded the stairs that led up to their front door, put the key in to unlock the door, but the door was already unlocked. She thought that was odd. Alicia always locked the door. When she walked into the apartment, the hallway light was the only light on, but it was enough light for her to notice that the TV was missing and there was some clutter in the living room. Thea didn't think this was too unusual because she and Alicia had been talking about packing and getting ready to move. She just thought Alicia had just started packing. Thea walked into the bathroom, changed into her pajamas, and brushed her teeth. The door to the bedroom she shared with Alicia was ajar a few inches, something Alicia had a habit of doing. But when Thea went to push the bedroom door open, there was something blocking it. Thea pushed harder. She could see a box fan had tipped over and was stopping the door. She managed to push the door open about another foot or two, reached in, and flipped on the light switch for the overhead light. What it revealed was a bloody, grisly crime scene with her good friend and roommate lying dead on her futon. This is Remembering Alicia Manning. Alicia Corey Manning was a student at Cal State University, Bakersfield. Her father was a career military officer. He spent 23 years in the United States Army. After retiring from the Army, he transitioned into a career in the U.S. Foreign Service. Because of these jobs, the Manning family lived all over the world. By the time Alicia arrived in Bakersfield in the fall of 1993 to study at CSUB, she had lived in nine different foreign countries. And while living overseas, she learned several different languages. Because of this experience, Alicia aspired for a career in foreign service. That's what influenced her decision to major in political science, specializing in in foreign relations. In the spring of 1997, Alicia had been dating a young man for about a year. His name was Charles Hill, and he lived in Tulare, about an hour north of Bakersfield. Alicia and Charles had been friends for three years, but after a couple of years of friendship, their relationship began to become more serious. And Charles' parents were quite fond of Alicia. She'd often drive up to Tulare to visit Charles. If she stayed late, Charles' parents would insist she spend the night rather than drive back to Bakersfield at such a late hour. His parents said they thought of Alicia as a daughter. Her academic advisor said that when Alicia first started at CSUB in 1994, She was timid and lacked confidence in her social skills. But as she adjusted to life on her own, she gained self-esteem and became more self-assured. Alicia Manning's CSUB professors and fellow students described her as quiet, yet didn't have a problem voicing her opinions. They said she was organized and paid attention to details. Her parents described Alicia as being close to them and her younger brothers. She called home often to ask for advice or just to talk. Alicia's mom said her 22-year-old daughter was like any other young lady away at college. Her favorite ice cream was mint chocolate chip, something she had to moderate due to weight concerns. As Alicia's graduation grew closer, her plans for life after CSUB became more clear. She was going to move to Virginia. She already secured a civilian job at a military base she had worked at during summer and winter breaks from CSUB, and she was enrolled in a postgraduate program for the fall of 1997. While working to attain these career and education goals, her relationship with Charles was getting more serious. So much so that her relocation plans now included Charles moving back east with her. Now, Alicia's friend and roommate, Thea Buchholz. Thea was single but in the spring of 1997, she had become acquainted with a man named Willie or Will Harris. Harris was interested in becoming more than friends, but Thea wasn't interested in anything more serious. Thea enjoyed his friendship, but nothing more. Thea was aware that Harris lived with his girlfriend on Taylor Street, just a few blocks north of their apartment. In May... Thea introduced Alicia to Harris. Harris became a frequent visitor to the young lady's apartment. Evidently, Harris was infatuated with Thea because he called the apartment a lot, and his girlfriend called the apartment a lot looking for him. On more than one occasion, Alicia complained to Thea that Harris was calling the apartment too often and it was hard for her to focus on her homework. On Monday, May 19, 1997, Alicia met her boyfriend Charles and his dad for dinner at Los Hermanos in the Town and Country Shopping Center on Gosford. After dinner, the three of them went to Trader Joe's to pick up a couple of things. After this, Charles' dad went to a meeting while Charles and Alicia went back to her apartment. When Charles' dad was finished with his meeting, he swung by Alicia's apartment to pick up Charles and the two drove back home to Tulare. For the remainder of the night, Alicia and Thea stayed up, drank some wine and discussed graduation and moving. The next day, Tuesday, May 20th, 1997, Alicia was working on her political science seminar paper and stayed home all day. Thea, left the apartment about 3 p.m. for class at Cal State. Alicia called her mom in Virginia to discuss her move and what to do about some of the furniture. Should she sell it or move the couch back east? That kind of stuff. Then Alicia called a longtime friend in Virginia. The two discussed their graduation plans. This friend had to cut the conversation short but promised to call back in a couple of hours Sometime between those phone calls with her mom and her friend Alicia drank a slim fast and made a baked potato for dinner Being detail oriented and mindful of the calories she consumed Alicia recorded this in her journal While Thea was in class Willie Harris paged her and she stepped out of class and called him told Harris that she was in class and wouldn't be home until 10 p.m. Remember Alicia's friend in Virginia promised to call her back in a couple of hours? She did. She called the apartment phone numerous times and the line was always busy. Later that night, about 11 p.m., the Bakersfield Fire Department was dispatched to a vehicle fire in the alley in the 300 block of Montclair Street. By the time the fire department arrived on scene, a citizen had already put out the fire with an extinguisher. The firefighters determined the 1996 Green Ford Escort was intentionally set on fire. They called the Bakersfield Police Department to investigate whether the car was an unreported stolen vehicle. Officers learned the car with Virginia license plate was registered to Alicia Manning. They then found Alicia's purse containing her ID and checkbook on the back floorboard of the car. A Bakersfield police officer went to Alicia and Thea's apartment to investigate further. When the officer knocked on the door, nobody answered. After a few minutes of waiting, he left without trying to see if the door was locked or not. After he left, the next person to go to the apartment was Thea Buckholtz, Alicia's roommate and friend. Remember, she told Harris she was going to be home at the apartment at 10 p.m. But she changed her plans, and instead of going home after class, she went to a friend's house and didn't get home to the apartment until around 1.30 a.m. This is when Thea found her friend and roommate murdered in the bedroom the two shared. When she made that awful discovery, she immediately ran to the phone in the kitchen to call 911. The phone was off the hook. That's probably why Alicia's friend in Virginia kept getting a busy signal. The first officer on scene was the same officer who went to the apartment investigating Alicia's car fire a few hours earlier. The young college senior was wearing a L.A. Dodgers t-shirt. She had stab wounds to her face, neck, arms, and her throat was slit. The Kern County Coroner determined Alicia was probably knocked unconscious by a blow to the head with a beer mug. After that, she was stabbed multiple times, over 50 times, with two different knives, a steak knife and a serrated knife that were left at the crime scene. The pathologist estimated that she had been killed between 9.30 p.m and 11 p.m. that night. Something police didn't reveal until late into their investigation, Alicia had been sexually assaulted. Everything present to investigators at the crime scene indicated Alicia was doing what any normal college student would be doing three weeks from graduation. She was feverishly doing schoolwork before she had been attacked. Books and notebooks were open, and her PoliSci project paper was loaded into a word processor. Alicia Corey Manning was survived by her parents, Lee and Valerie Manning, and her two younger brothers, Kevin and Scott. A memorial service was held at Cal State that was attended by her friends, classmates, and professors. Her remains were cremated and transported to Virginia. Another service was held in that state. Because she was a dependent child of a U.S. military veteran, she was interred at Arlington National Cemetery. The impact of her death was felt around the world in locations Alicia lived overseas. An impromptu memorial ceremony was held at the United States Embassy in Santiago, Chile, the last foreign country the Mannings had lived. At their graduation ceremony three weeks after Alicia's death, California State University Bakersfield awarded her diploma posthumously. As her classmates and fellow graduates wiped tears from their eyes when Alicia Manning's name was announced, her uncle rose to accept her diploma on behalf of the entire Manning family. Whoever killed Alicia also stole a TV, a stereo, VCR and some jewelry. This was 1997. While relatively new, the importance of DNA evidence to solving crimes had already been proven, and its admissibility in criminal trials was already well established. In the days that followed Alicia Manning's murder, investigators were tight-lipped about the evidence collected and possible suspects. Initially, detectives thought maybe it was a stranger who was responsible. But the brutality of the assault led police to think the culprit was somebody who knew Alicia. Of course, Charles Hill, Alicia's boyfriend, was a suspect. But he had a solid alibi. He was in Tulare, an hour's drive from Bakersfield. He spent the afternoon through late at night at a friend's house— he got home to his parents' house around midnight, and his parents heard him come home. The Tulare Police Department went to the Hill residence to inform Charles about Alicia's murder. The other suspect was Thea Buckholtz, Alicia's roommate. But she also had a solid alibi. She was in class, and after that, with a friend. When Thea was being questioned by detectives, she informed them that Willie Harris was a person who visited the young lady's apartment often. So, of course, police wanted to talk to Harris. And when they did, he claimed he was at his own apartment with his girlfriend eating pizza. And his girlfriend backed him up on this claim. Investigators also asked Harris if he'd ever had sex with Alicia. He claimed he never had. Harris voluntarily gave police a blood sample for a DNA comparison. Then, several weeks later, Willie Harris was arrested for burglary. A single female came home and interrupted a burglary in progress at her apartment, which was only a few blocks from Alicia and Thea's apartment. Police apprehended Harris in regards to this burglary and he was in possession of items stolen from that burglary. Something that came to light after Alicia's death, and while Harris was being questioned in connection to both of these crimes, he was an ex-con. He'd only been out of prison a few days when he met Thea in April of 1997. While Harris was at Laird jail. On these burglary charges, detectives decided to pay him a visit to ask more questions about Alicia's death. They asked him again, did you ever have sex with Alicia? This time his story changed. He admitted he did have consensual sex with Alicia. Twice. The first time in April and the second time on the Monday night before Alicia was murdered remember harris's girlfriend claimed he was with her the night alicia was murdered she later recanted this she wasn't with willie harris during the time alicia was being murdered so so that went his alibi when the investigators told thea about harris's confession about having consensual sex with alicia twice once in april and the second time the night before alicia's murder Thea knew this was a lie. Not only would Alicia not have sex with him, Alicia was too in love with Charles, but Alicia didn't even know Harris in April. Thea introduced the two in May. Another thing that conflicted with Harris's claim, he said he had sex with Alicia on Monday night, the night before she was killed. The investigators knew this was a lie because that was the night Alicia had dinner with her boyfriend Charles, and his dad at Los Hermanos. By changing his story and lying about when he had sex with Alicia, or even if he was having sex, Harris became their number one suspect. Back then, it took DNA results six to eight weeks to get back. But when they did, the DNA evidence pointed directly at Willie Harris. Semen collected at the crime scene matched Willie Harris's DNA and blood on Willie Harris's tennis shoes matched Alicia's blood. Bakersfield police handed their case against Harris over the Kern County District Attorney's Office confident they had a solid case against their suspect. After reviewing the evidence, the DA formally charged Harris with the murder of Alicia Manning. The DA also charged Harris with seven other crimes, including the burglary that occurred three weeks after Alicia's death. If convicted, he would be eligible for the death penalty. Harris pleaded innocent to all the charges. In the meantime, Lee and Valerie Manning, Alicia's parents, were advocates of capital punishment and encouraged prosecutors to seek the death penalty. The legal process drug out the rest of 1997 and most of 1998. The 29-year-old Willie Leo Harris finally went on trial in November of 1998. He faced seven counts related to Alicia Manning's murder and one count of burglary that was unrelated to her death. At trial, Harris's story about sex with Alicia changed again. His counsel claimed they had consensual sex the night she was murdered. That would explain why the DNA would match his. His defense contended that she was killed sometime after Willie Harris left her apartment. His attorneys argued that detectives only focused on Willie and no other suspects, mainly Alicia's boyfriend, Charles Hill. They claimed it was Charles who could have brutally killed Alicia after he learned Alicia and Willie Harris had consensual sex. After two weeks of hearing testimony and reviewing evidence, the jury got the case they were only able to deliberate a day before being excused for the weekend. When they came back Monday, they asked for testimony to be read back and reviewed photographic evidence. And on Tuesday, the four-person notified the judge that they were deadlocked on the charges related to Alicia Manning's case, but reached a verdict on the separate burglary charge. The judge asked the jurors to take another day. So they did, and nothing changed. They were deadlocked on Alicia's case. Eleven to one. One single juror refused to vote to convict Harris on any charges related to Alicia's murder. The jurors were unanimous on the burglary charge unrelated to Alicia's death, and he was convicted for that crime. The DA's office vowed to retry the case against Harris. 11 to 1 was close, but the decision needed to be unanimous for a guilty verdict. That retrial began in the summer of 1999. The arguments, contentions, and evidence presented in this trial were pretty much the same as the first. But the outcome was very different. It took the jury only a few hours to reach a verdict on most charges. Guilty of murder? robbery, rape, auto theft, and arson. They found Harris not guilty of sodomy and burglary. The same jurors who convicted Harris on those five counts now had the task to decide his punishment, and they delivered on Lee and Valerie Manning's wishes, Alicia's parents. That jury concluded that Willie Harris should be put to death. And the judge later reached the same conclusion. Willie Leo Harris is currently on death row at San Quentin. Sadly, while researching the story, I learned Lee Manning, Alicia's father, passed away March 18th, 2022. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian, caselaw.com, and findagrave.com. Remember to follow Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. Pictures related to this story and past stories are posted to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week, next Tuesday, for another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.